appreciation isn't do I like this, right? Appreciation is what is the other person doing? They're doing something for me, whether it's exactly what I want or not exactly. Have appreciation for the fact that they love you enough or care for you enough to, to try to even do something for you. So that's a really great definition of appreciation. It's not for the thing that you have. It's for the reasons you have it. Welcome to the Spiritually Hungry Podcast, episode 80. Wow, 80. I'm very excited for this one, I have to say. As you are everyone. Yes, but especially. Really? I don't know what I meant for. No, no, just just that I think that, um, well, let's wait for the questions. Well, let's see if our listeners can guess what we're going to cover. So kids ask questions constantly. Why do we say hang up the phone? Because they don't remember how phones used to be wall-mounted, I guess. Why do some people have wrinkles? Do monkeys eat anything but bananas? How did God make us? Right? And the questions go on and on. They're really creative and interesting. But by teen years, those questions taper off to almost none because, of course, teens have it all figured out. And when we evolve into our 20s and have the realization that we know nothing again, why don't we start asking more questions? I guess because we don't want to look stupid. <laughs> On some level, ego is very involved at that point in our lives. It's been around for quite yeah, some time. I'm always very impressed by people, especially successful uh, people who are, who are looked up to by people they're on a conversation with, who somebody says a word and they don't know it. Most of us, our ego will not have the guts to have them, you know, what does that mean? Or anything like that. Yeah, I, my they, father used to always, which I always really loved about him. I don't think I ever told him, but I guess he's hearing this somewhere. But uh, when somebody would tell him something that he didn't know or he hadn't heard before, he'd say, is that right? Like, in such a, like, his way. And then he'd sit back and he'd let them, like, teach him nice. something that he didn't know. Is that right? All right. So, and after maybe date number six, we stop asking questions of our partners. I'd say maybe it lasts more than date number six, but certainly after the well, first Well, I think we year, ask questions, but not good ones. We like, don't wait why are you late? <laughs> why are you making me late? Well, <laughs> we don't wait for the answers. Uh, it reminds me, actually, when we went out on a date this last Saturday night, we went to a really cool place somewhere new, and, and do you remember there was a couple sitting behind you? It was yes. like a piano bar type loungy thing. And I said to you, I bet you they're on their first date. And you said, how do you know? And I said, well, first of all, she hasn't stopped talking and she's really excited to share about herself. And she, and I can tell from his body language because his back was facing me and his legs were squared and his back and he was really engaged, like kind of leaning into her, that he really wanted to hear what she had to say. And I was like, you're never really that enthusiastic unless it's a really good first date, maybe a good second. And when we left, I said- I'm enthusiastic now. You're interested and- um, Yes, because we have a healthy relationship, thank God. But most, I mean, there there was like energy coming off that table. So I wanted to see if I was right. So you went, uh, you started your way out. I said, I'm going to stop at this table, <laughs> which is something I started doing later in life. I never used to do that. And I went over to them and I said, I'm so sorry to bother you. I just have a question. I said, I'm a relationship expert. And I said, I want to guess, you know, is this your first date? And she's like, how did you know? And so I told her what I just told you. And then she's like, wow. I said, well, it's looking pretty good. And then I asked them their signs. I guessed that right as well. And they happened to be our signs. He was Gemini Cancer cusp. And hers was a little bit flipped. She was Cancer, Moon, and Virgo. And I'm Virgo, Moon, and Cancer. So I gave them some advice and well wishes. But I don't know. If you ever hear this, let me know how it worked out. (laughs) Okay, back on point. We assume we know what our partner is thinking, so we don't bother to find out. And I know you like this quote because you were surprised earlier today, actually. You saw it in my book or Rethink Love. Perhaps Henry Wrinkler, 
otherwise known as the Fonz on Happy Days. Well, to the older listeners amongst us. <laughs> Everybody's got to know Happy Days. Oh, Sunday, I Monday, don't. Happy Days. I, I was just talking to Miriam the, yes, Tuesday, this week. Tuesday, Wednesday, I was Happy to her. Days. <laughs> Thursday, Friday, happy days. About Mar so I was saying something about Marlon Brando. I don't know how it came up. And she was like, who's Marlon Brando? That's embarrassing. She should know who Marlon <laughs> well. Brando is. But what he, he said it best. He said, assumptions are the termites of relationships. And that's really why it is, well, one of the reasons why it's really important to ask questions and continue to ask questions. Questions are powerful while assumptions are insidious. Instead of asking questions, we may be depending on assumptions we may have made years ago. Are we basing our actions on previous experiences and never questioning that those early experiences may no longer be relevant? I think that's a really important point because we assume, well, I know them, I decided to marry them, I live with them, I see them every day, that we know. And absolutely, you do not know, I can tell you that, because we evolve and we change, and so do our motivations and intentions. And unless you're constantly checking in with each other to see what those are and how they're changing, you might be living together, but certainly not growing together. And I was just thinking as we were talking that when we take the opportunity to learn something deeper about our partner, it bonds us that much stronger. And unless you're doing this on a consistent basis, which means discovering something new, discovering something deeper about your partner, you're missing the opportunity to grow stronger and closer. Well, that's the positive, right? But at the very basic level, it also, when you don't ask questions, it allows for a lot of misunderstandings awesome. to occur. We create stories in our head. We create stories about our partner. So yes, on one level, you want to keep asking questions so you can grow together and that you can love each other even more, hopefully, like with the person sharing with you. But the flip side of that, if you don't do those things, it's really easy to take you know, something as um, innocuous as, you know, like if, if people don't actually check in with each other, if you say, oh, you know, can you check the thermostat? I'm cold or, and then, you know, you're always telling me what to do. It becomes this kind of different dialogue that occurs unless you really do right. have these conversations. I do want to underscore what I said before, though, because I know that even in relationships that are going well, and we talk about that, but I'm not sure if it's always present in people's consciousness, that you have to be growing closer all the time. And one of the ways to do that is by discovering new things, by, by being tied to something deeper within your partner. And that's why I know for myself, it's always exciting when I learn something new about you. And when you share something, sometimes, often it's, it's in the same vein of, th of things or conversations we've had before, which is beautiful and important. But when it's something new, I find that to be something very awakening of closeness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was just thinking when I discover something new about myself, I feel closer to me also. <laughs> no, because that even that is ultimately, you want to be able to have that conversation with yourself. So you know yourself. And when you know yourself, you can share that deeper part of yourself with other people. Right. Um, but whenever I do discover something new, I do. You're the first person I tell. Sometimes the only person I tell. Mostly the only person I tell. So to that end, we're dedicating this episode to asking more questions and making fewer assumptions. And what I'd like to inspire our listeners to do is, uh, hopefully first, listen to this podcast and get any inspiration that you can from it, but then to make the time with your partner, maybe listen to it with your partner, and, and ask questions, maybe some of, the one, some of the ones that we've come up with, or some of your own, and really set aside the time to get closer. All right, so shall I start? With Why not? So how are we doing this? How do you want to do it? I, maybe one question each, we go sure. back and forth. 
And we, so just to let our listeners know, Monica's uh, directive to me was five questions and then 10 rapid fire questions. So I came up with actually, <laughs> was, that, was that not the right instructions? Did I not follow? I'm not it? sure if I were sharing that, but yes. Uh, I think it's important to be as transparent as possible. Mm. I actually came up with more than five and more than 10, but we'll see. Well, let's see where this goes. <laughs> so where shall I begin? Well, let's start with an easier one. What is the one song you most associate with love? And what does it really say about love? That's a very, Monica, I am so impressed with your question. Seriously, that's such a great question. Oh, thanks. <laughs> you should write that down. <laughs> <laughs> you know, often we have, and Monica, of course, knows this, but for our listeners, on a Friday night, we, you know, when we have to get together. It's with, game night every yeah, Friday night. And game night isn't like playing Monopoly, but asking deep or deeper questions. And we've, we've come across many, many questions. I've never seen this one. This is very good. Yeah, well, we're creating our own games. Yes, so. yes, absolutely. So, what is a song that I most associate with love? And what does it really say about so love? So, I, I have quite a few answers to this question. Oh, gosh, it's going to be a long <laughs> episode. <laughs> uh, hopefully, our listeners are enjoying. So, I'll start with something that's not, you know, not exactly maybe what you're asking. So, uh, one of our daughter Miriam's uh, favorite songs to listen to right now is actually an older song by John Denver. Those of you who know, I'm sure many of our younger listeners, maybe some of our old ones, never heard of John Denver. Uh, and there's a song, uh, Leaving on a Jet Plane. And it's probably the first song, English song, that I became aware of. And because when we lived in Israel in the 1970s, the Rav, my father, would often travel to the United States and other places to teach and, 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 and do, do that work. And often, my mother would stay home, and we would stay home with her. And it was sort of a very sad song that they would like either play or for, it came into my consciousness in that way, living on a jet plane, where my father's going away and my mother's home, and there's a little sadness around that. But of course, the sadness comes from a love that existed that, you know, for the time being, has to take a break. So that's one one relatively quick answer. And then, between you and I, I would say the two songs that come to mind are the James Taylor song, You Can Close Your Eyes. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that's one of yours as well. Mm-hmm. And it's basically, uh, right. The, the, what, it, what it means to me is that, you know, it's just the two of us, and the world is spinning around. But really, and I'm sure many of our listeners experience this, when you're in love, and you certainly when you're having moments of closeness, when you feel, you know, there's the world out there, but there aren't really people there because it's just you and, and your partner. So that's what that song means to me. Do, do I, do I, is there a time limit? I have two more. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. too much. Uh, another song <laughs> is the Billy Joel song. And so it goes. And so it goes. It's kind of sad though, because I actually, when I was preparing the question. You're listening to this one? I was like, oh, you in know. In every heart, there is a room. A yeah. Sacred th- space, something like that. But then it goes, yeah, it does get sad. But anyway. Yeah, but you don't have to connect to that part. But for me, it was that idea that when you're with your, hopefully you're developing your relation with your partner, we all kind of relate to what I was saying earlier, where you're building compartments within yourself for your partner, which mm-hmm. I think is a beautiful, because it's no longer them and you or you and i they live in your they live they live within you in the chambers yeah it's beautiful and one more uh is a mumford and uh you guys haven't you don't know this about (laughs) michael he's very sentimental and romantic yes and i very much enjoy music so there's a mumford and 
Mumford and Sons. Mumford and Sons? Yes. A song, The Ghost That We Knew. And, well, okay, I have so many answers to this question. I can keep it going. But this one. We is, just dedicate the whole podcast <laughs> to just today's songs, episode to uh, songs Michael's of love, favorite love songs. The ghost that we knew. And there it's that same idea that when we're together, you know, all the fears go away, which isn't always true, right? But it's certainly true that when you have somebody that loves you, it gives you strength at least to transcend many of the love right. of the fears that that would otherwise either overwhelm or consume us. And the the words that speak to me are the, the ghost that we knew. Right, that idea that the, all those things that scare us are, you know, sort of leave our view at least, or become less powerful over us. And the last one, which I'll mention, I'm probably taking too too long to answer this question, <laughs> is a Death Cab for Cutie song, uh, which is I'll a very sad. Yeah, I can cry every time I think about it. I know it. that was also one of the ones that I put on my list when I was yeah. like, it's very and sad. it talks about the fact. I actually, remember when our oldest David was seven, we were in the car. It was driving, and he asked me, and he got teary-eyed. He asked me to turn it off because it made him sad. Right, because it talks about my right, love of mine. One day, right when your soul embarks, I'll follow you into, into the, the dark. dark. So I guess that idea that uh, which <laughs> someday I never liked those first few words. Someday you will die, but but the idea is that even then I'll follow you into the dark, and that idea that you know we believe in soulmates and that souls exist beyond even this physical world, that even if that day comes, when you physically separate in this world, you hopefully reunite in that world as well. The only problem I had with the lyrics, was I wanted it to be, I'll follow you into the light, not into yeah. the dark, but I guess the dark of the unknown. Maybe. Yeah, we didn't write these songs, right? So we, we can't... We it would just edit grab, it slightly. Yes. Was that a thorough enough answer? It was very thorough. <laughs> Too thorough. So let me see. I will ask you this. I'll say that for last. What is your greatest vulnerability? Oh, what is my greatest vulnerability? Or at least that you feel, right? It's not often the true one, right? But what do you feel most, most vulnerable about? In life in general, I would say uh, having enough quality time here in this world. That, that I can do the things that I want to do, that I want to achieve from a place of, of strength and connection and truth. So, you know, and I've shared, I think a lot of it's connected to my father, but that idea of running out of time. So I'd say that that's the thing that gets me, it motivates me, but it also terrifies me. Interesting. Yeah, I was going to say that because, yeah, I, I, don't, I see if, what I like about the questions that I wrote. <laughs> Is that I didn't know the answers necessarily. I had some ideas that I could probably. But did you guess this one? No, I didn't. I didn't. I had other things. Really? But, like what? <laughs> <laughs> really? I don't know. I mean, that's the way this game works. But that, I, that as you said, that it makes sense to me that you're so uh, uh, driven, right? That that I think sometimes push yourself to do too much, and probably because of that. Interesting. Yeah, it, it's it drives me for sure, and I, and it also um, gets me into trouble sometimes because there's times where I should stop. But I, I think that I think that's my biggest vulnerability. Yeah, my answer's short. <laughs> uh, well, this is kind of fun one. Would you rather love or be loved? Not so easy, Mister Berg. No, I'll tell answer. you why. Because the, the immediate the immediate answer that came to mind was to love. 
because I think loving another person, I'm talking about experiencing it with you, experiencing it with our kids, yes. it's really fulfilling. Right? It's really fulfilling to, to have somebody who's accepting of your love and that you love and then you have the, the ability to give them and show them your love. Well, you're assuming the person you love is accepting that, right? Right, of course. Of course. Obviously, that's not right, but 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 the other part of it is to be loved. Because in general, and again, not to be too spiritual about this, I don't really, except for you and that's not really true. And my my kids and my close friends, I don't really care what people think about me, right? I I'm very much mission driven, like what I what I believe I need to do in life, and what effect that has on people. And I hope it's a, always a positive one. But not because then they will love me, but just because I want to have a positive effect. But you don't know how you would feel if you if I existed wasn't. in a world where you were not loved, right? right? You happen to have always been in a nurturing. You always knew you right. were loved. That's true. By someone, your That's parents. True. I always knew I was loved by my parents. Someone that we never went through life. There are times where we're more popular or less popular, perhaps, and that doesn't matter. But the the concept of feeling love, I, I don't think, I'm sorry I'm answering your question, but <laughs> I don't think you can really love unless you've experienced receiving love. And I think that that's, I think they go hand in hand. So I'm not even sure it's a fair question, I guess. Oh, so yeah, but still two points off Monica for <laughs> that question. I like to see I you do, try. Yeah, but I do, <laughs> <laughs> I do think, okay, I guess all I can say then for sure is that it's definitely a great feeling to love and have those accept your love, receive your love. I have a deeper question for you. Do you think that you could give love if you never experienced love? Oh, I don't think so. I don't think it's possible. Yeah, that's an easy answer. I think for me, that's an easy answer. It's only, not only ex- received love, but also, and we've spoken about this before, seen love. Mm-hmm. I think what, what makes it easier for me to experience love, give love, is the fact that I've had very beautiful role models, and in this case, I would refer directly to my parents, where I saw real love. Between I saw two real people. love between mm-hmm. two people. I, can, I, I wonder, right? You know, somebody who grows up, which I think is probably the majority of, of people, who grow up in a home where they don't see consistent, deep, real love between their parents, it probably becomes more difficult in life to to feel love, to, to, um, to give love. So my question, and this is, you know, I was trying to make these, as I was thinking, some that are general to our uh, listeners, but this one I think is more specific to you. So you can take this in one or two directions. I was gonna, the first question that I wrote down is, what is the craziest situation that you've encountered in your uh, counseling uh, couples? That's the first one. And then the second was just in general, what's the craziest thing you've been, <laughs> you've experienced or seen? Well, that's very general. Yeah, yeah. so you can, you, I, I prefer you answer the first one, but. Well, I've seen, I've seen some real dysfunction in people, which, in and relationships, but it really starts, I think, with what's going on in their own, in their head, in their body, how they feel about themselves. I think the most destructive thing I've seen was uh, someone who was married and, uh, and really struggling with some addiction issues. She slept with a relative, and uh, and he lost his virginity to her, and uh, and she felt tremendous shame and guilt after, especially when she became sober. But you know, and, and it's it's self sabotage at its fullest. I mean, fully 
because she didn't know how to navigate. And right. that was, you know. So, I mean, for me, that was the the first time I really saw, because I have to say, she's really like, she's she's a beautiful person. She's got a beautiful heart. And she's only shown kindness to me and to others. It's when she's horrible to herself that she hurts the one she loves. Mm-hmm. But it was it was the first time that I really understood and it really helped me for, you know, with everything that I try to offer people, what a human being is capable of doing. And right. not just to others, but to themselves. That and it doesn't define you. But we we have the ability uh to do things we'd never ever imagine. Right. I know we've had these conversations where probably the craziest things that people do that are, you know, everybody makes mistakes, everybody does stupid things, but the self-sabotage, right? When when it's so clearly not in their own interest. Yeah, and just another relationship time that kind of shocked me. We were out to dinner with a couple and I knew her, but not very well. And it was the first time that we had met her husband. You hadn't met either one of them. Yes, um, thanks. Monica often brings me out a little <laughs> interesting. Uh, and uh, and at some point in the dinner, uh, she had had a little bit to drink. She said, "You know, to her husband, when you say that, it reminds me of your mother, and I hate <laughs> your mother." And we're at the table, and all and you did the cutest thing. You're like, "Hey." That's not fair. That's not nice. And I was just like, that's a good way to handle it. We are really uncomfortable. But it was interesting. Again, you know, I mean, to see where relationships can go in ways you'd never, ever imagine. Right, right. Which is the importance, honestly, of, of doing the work early on. I mean, of course, it's many other things. Choose well, choose for the right reasons, but then be all in consistently. Good answer. Hard question. Okay, this is a good one. How would you define trust? Trust. So, you know, we had this conversation a few weeks back, and I think trust begins with the belief that the person with whom, with it, with whom you you want to or you do give your trust, is somebody who will always want want what is best for you. Mm-hmm. That you can, otherwise, I think I don't think you can trust somebody because so often people who who love somebody else, right? But because momentary lapses or other reasons, they'll do things that are hurtful. You can't really trust them. You can love somebody who you, who you don't trust, but you can you can't trust somebody who you can't depend on always, or at least mostly always being certain that they'll do or think or try to do what is best for you. What I like about your definition is by putting you first, right, your needs, they're removing their agenda. And right. that's where the trust comes in. Because so often, especially with the people we love, they they really have an agenda. Parents do this with their children, and they mean well, right? Spouses for sure do this to one another. But I think that is the key ingredient. Yeah, and, I, and again, as, as, as it comes to maybe lessons that our listeners can take from this, I think, really think about your relationship, especially people you love, right? Because we're, you know, sometimes we're not sure, is this person I love or don't love, but, and can you be trusted? Do you feel that you are working on removing your agendas from that relationship? Because I think it's really 
can be eye-opening to realize, wow, I love them, they love me, but I don't know if they can trust me. Meaning, there might be times that I will do things that are either because of my agenda, or just because I'm thoughtless in some ways, that hurt them. And again, you can love somebody you don't trust, but you can't really have a deep love, I don't believe, unless you can trust. And trust means, again, that you believe that they will always look out for your benefit. So, surprise me. What? Surprise me. <laughs> surprise you with what? Anything. <laughs> I don't like that question I love, at I all. love it. Yeah, it takes some time to think about it. I don't know if I can surprise you. Well, let's see. We have time. No, I hate this question. <laughs> I hate it. That's good. Who's it you need to like all the questions? That's not actually, you know what's wrong with this? It's not a question. It's a statement. And therefore, oh, I'm not sorry. going to respond. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. It was like doing Jeopardy. How do they do on Jeopardy? Yeah, no. Uh, can you surprise me? No, I cannot. <laughs> there you go. Really? All right, I'll turn it back to you. Okay. Can you surprise me? <laughs> I can't. I just had a thought. I was going to take this cup and pour it on you. That's that would certainly, yes, <laughs> certainly surprise you. <laughs> Is that the lead you want me to take? <laughs> no, no, no. But surprise me? I would have done it. I've done it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Wasn't this, there was something recently where you, where I, you surprised me. I feel like I'm always surprising you. But not, I can't be pressured into it. <laughs> See, not a good question. Oh, and are we editing this one out or are we keeping it in? I don't know. We'll okay, see. We'll, we'll see how it adds out. Okay, so here, here's another one. This one you liked. How can I become... It's not that I didn't like the other one. The other one wasn't a question. <laughs> <laughs> how can I become a better person, comma, husband? Oh, yeah, I got a good one. <laughs> good, 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 good. <laughs> better person, I, I wouldn't even advise on that because it's something that you're constantly striving for and you're asking yourself that question I'm not sure you're asking yourself the question how can i be a better husband really well i think you, do, I think you really you just, you just surprised all of our <laughs> listeners <laughs> no i think that you strive to be that but i don't think it's the same question as it is the first one and i don't I like think this. it should be by the you're way you're surprising me i think that the <laughs> first question should we be definitely, we should definitely keep in that question from before i think the first question should be how can i be a better person for you right and and i think that just by the nature of a relationship we're constantly giving each other feedback on how to do that even as parents, but we do this all the time, you know, this one wanted your attention or, you know, the phone or whatever, right? But for a better husband, I think that, and we've talked about this, you've shared it a lot, your nature is not to be a talker. Right. And although you are a good communicator, again, you rather just leave things unsaid. That's just your nature. And and I've shared this with you too, everything I'm telling you I've shared with you. When you're stressed, especially, which isn't that often, or when you're trying to figure something out, you get very, you get even more quiet. And then that feels lonely to me. So, you know, and every now and again, we need to have like a wake up of like, <laughs> I need, I need, I need. Again, you, I think you're surprising our I listeners. Need I love more, this. I'm so happy I asked the previous More question. Michael, <laughs> I need conversation and I need, you know, share. And that's funny because especially now in our roles in the center, people are tell me something and I'm like, oh, I didn't know this. Like, but I told Michael I thought he'd tell you. And not knowing that that's just not your nature. Anyway, you also don't gossip. It's not, you don't think, you wouldn't even think to repeat something. You don't even actually remember it. It's like things come in and out. So I would think that just, uh, 
you know, and I make the joke of like, oh my God, when we're old and gray, like you can be really quiet. <laughs> oh, right. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, part. I did often bring that up. <laughs> so I think that, that for me to be a better partner um, would be that, you know? And, and and you're aware of that, and I think you're yeah. trying, but you're you excel in all areas. You're like the best husband, so it's not a complaint. It's no, just dude, no, a, no, no. I'm very happy. Some feedback. I'm happy you. I'm happy you've reminded me about this in the past and, and currently. And it's interesting. I'm always in awe of people. I would say, you know, all of our kids are very big talkers, and yeah. I'm always impressed. Like I, like I, I, I will, you'll sit with them. It's true, actually. and they're like, like for a half hour, they'll just tell you about everything and keep on talking and run, jump to another topic and another topic and another topic. And I'm really in awe because that's completely the, the opposite of my nature, which is, yeah, if there's something important to say, I'd like to communicate it. Otherwise, you know, quiet. Uh, and my my response to that is sometimes things are important you don't realize they are until you talk about them. And, and what I would add to wait, that, wait, did you just hear that? No, no, I totally glossed <laughs> over that. No, what I was going to say, <laughs> say it again. I did listen, but say it again. What did I say? Let me test you here. No, because I was going to say. No, because you only yeah. you only value or deem certain things as important, and I and I don't agree with that. Right? I think that's just how you're raised, and I think you're studying very heady, deep wisdom your whole life. So, in the context of that, very little is important, right? But you also are a human being, and you want to have human relationships, and you want to experience life sure. in physicality. So, you know. And it, and it wouldn't. I don't think before we were married. I don't think you really shared feelings oh, yeah. or or thoughts about yourself or anything. So you've come so far. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but this is next level. So I'll say two things. Funny, funny enough, today I was actually thinking about the idea that you know I do very much enjoy and think it's important to study very deep concepts. I was thinking about it today that most of what I study, I can never explain, I can never speak to people about it because it's so deep, That's which funny. is interesting. The second thing... you need thing, to find a scholar friend. No, no, no. I'm, I'm very happy. I'm very <laughs> much inspired. I know you don't want I have that. No desire. <laughs> it's funny, yeah. I don't know. That's, you get to be by yourself. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but, I, but I think, again, what, what you do remind me of, which is a very important and, and very much appreciated and point taken, that, again, like I said before, that one of the things, one of the big things you taught me is that, in order, it's not about you know being a good husband. It's about how does the relationship grow stronger, and unless, thankfully, you you naturally do this, unless you're really going out of your way, if, if in my case where it's more not, it's less natural to share even more than you than than you would think necessary. That's make that makes you closer. So it's not even so much is this an important because that's the way I my calculus is. Oh, is this something important to share with Monica or not? No. What are the things you can share so that you can get closer? And also, to your point, when couples don't do this, the other person feels very lonely in the relationship, and the it, and it's not obvious or understood. No, it it really is that. No, I just way. had a vision of us and sitting the, in in, uh, in uh, rocking chairs in our eighties. You know, yeah, I'm not gonna be in a, I'm gonna be running in my. 80s. <laughs> no, 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 but I know after yeah. you run, yeah, after, we sit down on the rocking chair the and sunset, we talk. Sure, <laughs> but the other thing is when couples don't do this, then they don't feel seen or heard, and then that really, really chips away at the relationship. And that's a very important point again for myself, and I would say probably for many of our men husbands, men listeners. And I'm sure I'm sure there are women who can and men learn. women know when you really are listening when you're not. <laughs> what Just did you say? say? What did you say? Men, women know. <laughs> I was joking. Oh, ha ha! <laughs> exactly. I'm so used to that. <laughs> again, you surprise our listeners. All right, my turn. Describe the moment you realized you had fallen in love with me. <laughs> okay, let me give you a better one. 
I was actually, as I was thinking of these questions, I, I was trying was to funny for me here. <laughs> uh, come up with things that I didn't know the answers to. But you want to give, you want to answer that one? Yeah, I'm not sure okay. I know actually. So, well, first of all, I think fall. I mean, I know when you noticed me, and I know when you felt right. something, but fallen in love—that's something different. I think that's a constant process. I, I I feel, and I share this, I think, relatively often with you, that I do often feel falling that I'm falling even more in love with you. So, like you said, I think there's there's a moment that we know, you know, in 1996, in my office in Los Angeles, we started having a conversation. And and I noticed you in a way that I hadn't before. What is that movie, the Disney one? There's something here that hasn't been before. Was that uh, the, with something that Beating the Beast? Beating the Beast, yeah. Um, and then, but then from that moment on, I think it's it's a constant growth. And I think you never want that to. to you never want to stop falling in love with your partner. And then I know that for the past twenty four and more years, we I've had the blessing of being able to fall in love with you more and more all the time. And I really hope that we I do the work and and that that is an is a constant process. Okay, because that felt and sounded a little bit like self promotion. Well, promotion for me anyway. Answer this one. Do you feel like your name suits you? It's interesting. I never growing up there, there are many names that I could point to that I like better than Michaela, which is the Hebrew name or Michael. But it really? absolutely what would that be? For instance, I love the name David more than the name Michael. And those listeners of us know our first son, firstborn son's name is David. I love the name Joshua more than I love the name Michael, um, our second son. But I, yeah, I feel completely that it's the name of my soul. And we often talk about this that a name isn't sort of, oh, you know, parents something say, oh, it's a na- nice name that we like. Really, what you're trying to do is trying to find, and, and I've had this conversation very often with parents who call me after the birth of a child, you know, how do we go about naming? And Kabbalistically, it's really important. Because you're not again giving a name to a soul, you're trying to ascertain, feel what is the name of this soul, and so for me, it's very clear that. So define your name for those that don't know. What is Michael? Well, it it means different, many different things. Literally translated, means who is like God, um, Mikael, which is. I the, think it's a perfect name for you. Uh, but 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 it represents what um, what we call. Uh, the the archangel Michael, which represents what we call right column or mercy, kindness, sharing, that's the energy of that name. I'm happy my parents gave me that name because it's definitely the name of my soul. And again, it's not the name that I like the most, but it's certainly the name of my soul. If you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be? Well, I've worked really hard to change many things. I For think sure. well, it's the one I'm working on, so maybe that's why it's coming to mind. But I think it's to have more appreciation for what I have done instead of what I will do. And I think that I spend a lot more time in the realm of, okay, what's next? What's my next goal? Push that. I, I spend very little time in, in where am I today in that space? And and the injuries really tried to, you know, it's really helped me be much more present and experience the moment more and part of that is also appreciating where i find myself not just the thing that came up in the day but just where i find myself in life so that that's i think that's the thing that's beautiful and i in, in yeah i i i think it's so important i'm sure not just for you but for many of our listeners and i think it relates to something i think one of the first answers you gave which is the idea that you know that you're most vulnerable about having enough time mm-hmm. But what happens 
because you know I can say I it's crude. I mean I I'm sure many of our listeners know that I mean you the, the amount of people that 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 you spend every week helping and the impact that you have I think why it's so important not as a way and I know this is not the way you mean it to feel good about yourself but to appreciate the gift that the creator has given you to be able to do that and I think what happens then is that it actually makes you a much more powerful person the next time yeah you're able to do more that, and from a stronger exactly from your, like exactly. if you think about superman or whatever like from your like crypto whatever it is that that force within you and um, that grows by appreciating yourself more we're watching star wars with abigail now and it's that that energy right that that life force but i guess part of what we teach also is you don't know the potential of your soul right and you don't want to arrive at the you know at the pearly gates and say oh i could have been this and that so but it's a, you know, it's not, it's, it's... Right, right, but I think clearly, I think this is a really important point for you and for our listeners, that the more you take the time to appreciate what you've done, the more powerful you become. That's really hard for me. Like, it, almost just having this conversation, I'm getting a little emotional. It's, it's, yeah, it's my... I guess also because I've made it a real point not to rely or need validation or even feedback at well not from point. anybody else no this right from, from yourself but this is the thing so if you're not giving it to your right like then I'm, if i'm not giving it to myself right because i'm always like okay what's the next level of where i'm supposed to be so i'm not giving it to myself and i'm also not paying attention to the external it's just not there right so i have to learn to cultivate it for myself but i really and that's where i'm stuck oh it's so sweet i really love how vulnerable you being right now Oh yeah, but you know, I, yeah. yeah. No, but I think it's so important. In my I, really... mind, I know it's just you and me talking. I know that's naive, also, but yeah, yeah. I really hope that you do work on that. Really, just pre- pre- yeah. It it doesn't detract. It actually makes things stronger. Okay, so now we're gonna we we have more questions for each other, but we don't have time. I don't need to get to them, but we are going to read some of them off and suggest that you. Do this with your partner or even yourself, just to see oh, how well sure. you know yourself. Yeah. Or with the best. So they're one, 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 one. How okay. many more do you have? I don't know. Go ahead. Okay. What drives you? What event from your childhood shaped you today? Oh, good question. Do you want to answer that one? <laughs> it's interesting. So I, 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 that I can, I can answer. I can have a long conversation about that because many, 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 many. Uh, some of which I wouldn't want to go on to, into in a, in a podcast. But the one that comes to mind, which is, relative, I would say, relatively light, when I was about seven or eight years old, uh, in those years, we didn't have a lot of money. So like we, we would buy clothes in thrift shops, so we didn't really buy new clothes. And I mean, we were living in Jerusalem. It was cold in the winters. And my parents were so excited. They went to the store, in, and I remember the name of the store, and they bought the brand new coats, long coats for me and my brother. And I remember I hated Brand new? Yeah, yeah, it's like the first new piece of clothing they ever bought. They were so excited. So they gave them to us. We put them on and we went for a walk in cold Jerusalem. And I hated it. And I remember I had an attitude the whole walk. And we actually have, I don't even know if we still have the picture, but we had a picture. We were taking pictures of us. We have that picture. We do. Uh-huh. And I made faces because I was so upset that I hated the coat. And I was just, I think it makes me, it's, this is now it's over, painful four, to this hear 40, it. over 40 years later. <laughs> I'm Knowing still, your parents, yeah, and now especially Karen, probably I feel like so bad. Yeah, so she forgave you, bad. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure she did. I'm sure my, both my parents did. But but you know, and that's why we, that's why one of the things that that I I just can't stand when I see it in any of our kids is any lack of appreciation. Because I remember how you know how stupid that was then. Funny. 
and that shaped you today? No, in just really realizing appreciation isn't, do I like this, right? Appreciation is, what is the other person doing? They're doing something for me? Whether it's exactly what I want or not exactly, have appreciation for the fact that they love you enough or care for you enough to, to try to even do something for you. So that's a really great definition of appreciation. It's not for the thing that you have, it's for the reasons you have it. It's kind of like a, a deeper, more right. expansive. Rapid fire? Okay. Well, okay. Well, uh, yeah, no, do one read more. Up the right. questions for. When were you the most hurt? That's a really good question. You're welcome. And do you want to answer that? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're running out of time for the. I'm actually excited for that rapid fire ones as well, but I think I know the answer to that question. Do you? I think I do. I mean, yeah. It was I, when we moved to California. I was I was just alone a lot at the beginning. We moved when I was in third grade, and so I would hang out with my parents all the time, and they would play tennis with this couple every Sunday. They were named after food. I don't think, they couldn't have been the real names, okay? His name was Stu, hers was lasagna. <laughs> and I'm not even joking, and I was like, lasagna, in my yeah. mind, I'm like, how can you take these people seriously? I don't even understand. But anyway, they played devil's tennis with them every Sunday. What's that? You're saying her name was actually lasagna? And I kept saying, that can't be your name as a kid. And she's like, that's my name. (laughs) So, Stu, I understand. Stu, I understand too, but you put the two together and you're like, there's something really fishy going on here. There you go. So, we would go to Beverly Hills. I don't know. They didn't have children, but we would go to Beverly Hills High School where they play at the courts there. And I would roller skate up and down, up and down for the hour that they played. And at the end of that, you know, I can tell I wasn't really a fan. I just, I thought she showed off a lot. But anyway, she said, I'm going to race you. And she was running and I was on roller skates. So clearly, you know, I was like, great. Yeah, I'm going to beat you. And I did. But then I ran out of sidewalk and there was street coming. And I could see that if I kept going, and I couldn't stop. I mean, I was going at full speed. And uh, if I kept going, then I was going to get hit by a car because the car was coming. So I made myself fall. And, um, and I really hurt my wrist. And so I kept telling my parents, I, I'm really hurt. They're like, no, you're fine. And, you know, to my dad, he, he was very, he was always very proud for good and for bad. And he never wanted to embarrass people, even though sometimes you should, right? So he didn't want her to feel bad. So he kept making it like my pain wasn't really uh. there. So we were going to dinner after with them. Oh, with them? Stu and lasagna. lasagna. What did you have for dinner? They had had pasta bolognese. (laughs) They put the two together. So I I kept in the car on the ride. I was just with my parents. I'm like, I'm really hurt. It really hurts. They're like, no, you're fine. We go to the restaurant. I order. I don't eat anything. And by the time, you know, that they're eating and laughing, at this point, I'm thinking, nobody's nobody's listening to me. Nobody can hear me. Like, you know... I don't like, nobody sees me, you know? So I put my head down on the table and I just like, and I had no appetite. At that point, they started to take things. But if no, before that, the lasagna lady's like, well, you know, you know, maybe you should take her seriously. She looks hurt. My dad shook my wrist and said, no, no, she's fine. Because again, he didn't mean to be hurtful. He was trying to look good to them. And it was just, that was his way, you know? So uh, I was so hurt though. And then of course they finally took me seriously and I had a broken wrist. And I remember when we went to the emergency room, I just felt so validated. I was like, the, they, when they, I got the x-ray, I'm like, you see, I told you Aww. I hurt myself. But I think that was the time I was hurt the most. Aww. But it goes into that story, emotionally hurt. Yeah. Yeah, physical pain, you know, yeah. that doesn't. Well, thank you, Mark. Uh, that's beautiful. 
but I love you, dad, and I forgive you, but it's okay. But it really taught me to actually, you know, hear people, right? All righty. So rapid fire? Yep. So I'm so just going to read. One, one. No, oh, no, 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 that's no, how no. it goes, my friend. Oh, okay. No, no, rapid fire is rapid fire. All right. Okay? So you just say the first thing that comes to your mind, even if it's real or imagined. Who said I love you first? I assume me. Probably not. <laughs> Who is most likely to get food poisoning? You. Definitely you. What? I eat more adventurously, but you have a and more also I wash stomach. my hands more. Okay, okay. no, please. Okay. Who can run faster? <laughs> should I answer this question? Yes, honestly? you should. This one I, finally. I mean, it's the third I, one. The other I, two could, I, can, I can run faster short distances, but you can definitely outrun me in longer distances. Right. That was the next question. You can run farthest. Who's most likely to get out of a speeding ticket? You for sure. Correct. Who is most likely to get a speeding ticket? You. Yeah, you speed a lot more than right, I do. Right, but technically you get caught much more than I do. Uh, Who apologizes first? Be honest. 55, 45 you. 55 me? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that's accurate. Accurate. <laughs> Who is most likely to lose their passport in a foreign country? Be honest. Yes, me. there you go. What vegetable did you hate growing up? Is this, do you know this? How would I know it? I never asked oh. this question ever. Oh, I was trying to remember if they, were there vegetables that I hated. Did you eat vegetables? Because I remember when we got married, yeah, we loved really, like yeah, a good we, Twinkie yeah, and a Ding yeah, Dong. Did, <laughs> and what was the yeah, other one? Vegetables uh, were double right, dogs. Yes. 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 I don't think we had to be very You didn't vegetables. have enough experience with them to That's hate true. one. Okay. And do you prefer the beach or the mountains? Oh, definitely the mountains. I know that. There you go. That was easy. I okay. hope yours are light and fun. Well, okay. Part. Favorite movie? Pride and Prejudice. Favorite drink? Uh, penicillin. Who's the funniest person? In our relationship? Funniest person, you know. Gosh, there's too many. I don't know. I mean... Me? No, what are those, <laughs> that comedian that we really like, we listen to with Miriam? The, the, the better question is who's funnier in our... Who's, okay, who's funnier, me or you? Depends what you find funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm funnier with words. You're funnier in actions, there I would you say. Go. Uh, what's your favorite word? What's my favorite word? Schnast. Okay. Uh, what's <laughs> I don't your, think that's what, it, <laughs> Okay, you, you'll have another opportunity. Uh, what's your uh, current inspiration? Children's books. What's your favorite crime? My favorite what? Crime. Crime? Crime. What's your favorite crime? I don't believe in crime. <laughs> that's not true. Uh, stealing a bike. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. Speeding. Is that a crime? See, that's, that's the thing. I don't consider that a crime. It's against the law. Well, not really. What's your favorite derogatory word? Yeah, I can't say that. <laughs> you can you can spell it out. Um, F word. <laughs> <laughs> um, what makes you happy? You. I think we ended there. <laughs> so that was fun. Yes, I hope our listeners. I. As I said, I was really excited for this for the recording of this podcast. I got to spend this time with Monica. I you got the warm and fuzzy feelings going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for our listeners, and um, I hope you did receive some inspiration and uh, love from this podcast. We do strongly recommend you listen to this podcast with all the people you love, but also take maybe some of these questions, make your own questions, sit down with your partner, ask questions, go deep, because as we said in the beginning, it is. The, these conversations that are one of the great cornerstones of a love that keeps on growing. You know, I was on um, Channel 11 uh, yesterday, and one of the questions they asked was, 
you know, during the pandemic these last two years, it's really thrown a lot of couples off kilter. And what can they do to, you know, get back on or to connect? And we hadn't actually thought this game up yet, but I actually think this is a really great way to do that, to stop and say, okay, where are we now and why? And really just get to know each other. Like, of course, there's things that couples have to work through and communicate about, but this is a really fun way to start doing that and to start feeling vulnerable with one another. Yeah, and again, I think to the point, I, unfortunately, we know that most couples, it's just the statistics are not happy. And I think one of the main reasons is that they're not making the effort to renew their knowledge of their partner, right? I mean, especially, you know, you married five years, 10 years, 20 years. Oh, I know, I know them. So long time, let's have new exciting adventures outside, outside to, you know, rekindle passion or love. No, there's, there's a way to get to know your partner anew all the time. And I think it's so important. By the way, my favorite words in a group. <laughs> oh, but we're going to keep talking. You're going to keep coming back with the better ones. What the actual. Oh, yes? I don't finish it, but like, that's when I'm like, what? Uh, yeah. So a few exciting things for our listeners. Next week, we're doing Spiritually Hungry Live in London. The week after that, we're doing Spiritually Hungry Live in Mexico City. The week after nope, that. you butcher that. It's New York City and then Mexico. That's okay, friends. Okay, join us live oh, in well, London, in New York City the week after, and in Mexico City pretty much the week or two after that. So we'll post it all. Yes. If you're in those cities, please join us. We're also going to be streaming it, and we're also very exciting. We're starting to open up spiritually hungry to live questions. So you will start. So you sitting, can join us exactly. and be here with us, even sitting if it's, right here next to us. Even if it's uh, virtually, yes. um, you will share the stage with us, and we would love to have you on. So keep your eyes, ears, emails, texts open to uh, see how and in what ways you can send us questions for the topics and the podcast coming up. And those uh, interesting questions, or the more interesting questions, we'll have the opportunity to ask them live and be our guests uh, for those questions on Spiritually Hungry. So very exciting things coming up for Spiritually Hungry. And uh, as always, please continue to send your questions, comments to Monica and Michael at Kabbalah.com. And please make sure to continue to share this podcast with everybody you know. Go to Apple Podcasts and write five-star reviews. And again, share this podcast anywhere you get these podcasts with all of your friends and family. And as always, I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast as much as we really enjoyed recording. Bye. Stay spiritually hungry.